Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I will be your host today. My name is Brooke. Joining me on the show is Sean from King's Grant Fitness Center out of Marlton, New Jersey. Welcome to the show, Sean. How are you today? Good. How are you? I'm good. Excited to have you here and to learn more about your business, how you do things, why you do them, the nitty gritty details, all that. But before we kind of dive into that, give me a little bit of background. What was it ultimately that led to you kind of opening up this fitness center? Well, I took it over. It was already in existence. Um, so I took it over in 2008. Um, but I was uh, an independent trainer here. And the owner of the time, uh, he was going to close it. And when I looked around for a place to take my clients, uh, the best deal I could get was 70% of my package. <laughs> so um, he talked to me about it and uh, he asked me if I wanted to take it over and he gave me a good deal on it. Uh, so I kind of did it out of necessity. So I'd have a job and a place to train clients. Okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> so really started this off um, so that you did, like you said, have a job and a place where you could train your clients and now you've been doing this since 2008, so a little while. Um, kind of give us your best elevator pitch of the fitness center now, kind of what the services look like, um, paint a picture for our listeners so we really grasp and understand that business model. Well, it's uh, keyless entry. Um, so members come in whenever they want. The key card unlocks the door. And it's just basic stuff, weights, machines, cardio. Um no classes, no saunas, no hot tubs, no pools, no basketball courts, nothing like that. Um, just real basic stuff. Um, it's a local gym. It's in a small, it's in, it's in a community, so it's smaller. Um, but it, it's got a decent, solid membership base. And a lot of people were original members. I have some that go back to 2000 when the gym opened. So, and a lot of people here have been here, you know, 10 plus years. Yeah. So it is more of a facility. People can kind of come in and do their own thing, get in a really good workout and then head home and do it again the next day. Um, and, and we see that pretty commonly in this industry. But with this business model, I always like to ask, is personal training something that you offer for your clients? Uh, it's available through independent trainers. Um, I don't employ my own trainers because the membership base is smaller. I can never fill somebody's book and it would just be a revolving door with trainers. Um, but, you know, it's a benefit to the gym too, because trainers bring in outside people, which get memberships. And then, so it's, it's a win-win situation. I get to provide a service without actually having to uh, hire somebody to do it. And at the same time, I can rate revenue off of new memberships that I might not have otherwise. Yep. Yeah, no, I think personal training, no matter, you know, how we're doing it, it is a smart decision for our business for a couple of reasons, right? Um, for our clients, it's smart because with personal training, we can give them a more direct approach to help them reach their goals. Not everybody knows how to come in and work out on their own. Not everybody knows how to use the equipment. So if we can offer personal training to those people, very, very smart for our clients. And then when we look at the business side, we can typically make a little bit more per per head per client through personal training if that's how we um, organize it. Now, for you, 
your structure is that the trainer can train in the facility. They can train anybody they want as long as that person is a member. How did you come to that conclusion that that is the best way for you to run things in the business? Um, so, you know, it changed a couple of times since I took over. Um, initially, trainers paid a monthly fee and then either people have to be members or they would pay a fee per session. Um, one of the problems I had with that was uh, chasing people around for money. Um, some trainers would cover for their clients. Others, they'd have the client pay it. And then, you know, someone would say, well, can I just pay you each month for all my sessions? So then I had to keep track of who's coming in. And then if I'm not there, because I had to go run an errand, I had to find out, oh, was anybody here? And when, when anything reopened, um, I decided I was going to simplify it. I didn't want to chase people around for money. Um, and it actually has worked out the best so far because I give the trainers a free membership um, because one, they're providing service. Now I don't have to, um, but where it's made a difference is when with personal training, you have people that might train like once or twice a month. Um, Cause sometimes their personal training is just something extra they do. Um, they go to this gym and do that. They go to the gym and do that. Um, you know, so they might use a trainer just a couple of times a month. So instead of getting just like five or $10 a month off of one person, I'm getting 30. Mm -hmm. So now I'm actually making more money because instead of that person just paying for when they're coming, they're just paying for a membership. So I can make 15 or $20 more a month on each person that's personal training from the business standpoint, from the gym. Um, and I don't chase anybody around for money. Yeah. So. No, I, I, I definitely understand that. It kind of takes out the, like you said, chasing people around for, for money. It takes out that hectic kind of struggle with that. Um, and, you know, if your clients are working pretty hard, I mean, your trainers are working hard and they have a full book, you're getting those memberships. So that's mm -hmm. nice. Um, okay. So kind of to, to move on here, let's talk about the membership piece. Is there just one standard membership for the open facility or do you have different tiers, different levels to that? No, it's pretty simple. I, like I said, I wanted to simplify your thing because, um, the, so it's basically one membership price. Okay. You can choose do 12 months where you got to do at least 12 months, or if you want to be able to cancel any time from the get-go, um, you put 99 down. Okay. Um, and then if multiple people sign up or it's seniors, uh, military, you know, emergency services, yeah, I'll, I take off $10 a month. Um, so multiple people, um, the discount, it's, it's $10 off a month. So it's basically 25% off. Otherwise, it's 40. Um, but it, it's been working out. Um, I have less members than I had before with almost the same amount of revenue. So... Um, people aren't really shying away from it because of the price. And I think that people value their, their, their gyms more now, uh, than they did three years ago. Um, yeah. they appreciate having a place to go, especially when it's only takes them two or three minutes to drive to the gym. <laughs> yeah, no, I would agree with you. And I think that, you know, 40, 30 to $40 a month is very reasonable for what you have to offer. Um, I would even say it's cheap. <laughs> 
So that's, that's good that you kind of do things that way. You have the option of that 12 month contract, or if somebody's looking for more of a month to month cancel, whenever they want kind of option, um, you know, they have that with the $99 down and how many members do you guys have right now? Um, so I'm basically bouncing around like 275 to 280. Um, mm -hmm. uh, but it's been steady growth and it, it keeps bouncing around a little higher each month. That's good. That's good. Um, and, and what the score footage was around what? It's a little over 5,000. It's 5,132. Okay. So with that, you know, that square footage and about 275, 280 members, are you comfortable there or are you looking to continue that growth process? You know, you said it's been steadily kind of growing month to month. Are you looking to continue that growth process and obtain more than, you know, that amount of clients? Yeah. Um, well, my, my goal is 300. Um, the unfortunate side effect, the growth is that because it's a gym, I can only accommodate so many members. Um, at my peak, um, back around 2010, um, I was at about 650, 700 members. Um, but what limited my membership size more than the actual size of my gym was the size of the parking lot. <laughs> um, people couldn't get a parking spot. People were driving around parking um, behind the gym, uh, on the street, because the, the, the shop center has about, I think it's like 112 spots. Okay. So one of my, one of the things about membership pricing is it's actually designed to loot my membership too. Um, if I do that $10 a month business model, I got to have 1500 members. I'm never going to be able to cater to 1500 members, even if half them are inactive. Um, so ideally long-term, I want to top off and maintain about a 350 to 400 member membership base. I don't really want more than 400 just because I wouldn't be able to cater to them. I won't be able to accommodate them. Um, there wouldn't be enough room. Yeah. I mean, the parking lot, that's an issue that's really yeah. hard to fix. Um, and, and, you know, you are 24 seven. So that does kind of open up a, a little bit of possibilities there because there are a lot of people that look for that kind of 24 seven model gym and not all the gyms in the area do that. Um, you know, our shift workers and people like that, they like that, that factor of like, Hey, I can go work out at 11 mm -hmm. o'clock. And then that allows you to kind of cater to those clients and increase your clientele in, in, in that side of, of things. So for that growth process, you know, you are looking to grow a bit, maybe have a max of about a hundred more members. That kind of sounds mm -hmm. like that's where your ceiling is at. What does that growth process look like? Where do you find your clients? So one of the things that's really worked for me that's changed. Like when I first started take took over, I did um, like a money mailer. It's a, uh, it's the envelope we get with all the coupons in it. Mm. And I did really well with that back then. Um, but as social media grew in popularity, um, I've actually done very well with Facebook. Um, I have an ad that runs continuously and I set a daily budget and it's real cost effective because I can do, I set up, set a budget for $5 a day. I get, I'm getting tons of clicks each month and it's only costing me $150. Um, and it's done very well. And what I, before I just used to run it once a month for about a week. And every time I ran it about halfway through the week and then about a follow the week after I would get phone calls. I would get new members. Um, 
So I finally say, you know, let me just run it continuously. Um, and I think that's been uh, the thing that's really made a difference for my growth because the money mail I still do, but I do it um, based on the time of the year. So like after uh, the school starts back up. So like leading into September, I'll do one. Um, I'll do a couple um, in December and January, and then I'll do one, um, you know, after kids get out of school before summer. So mm -hmm. like probably like around May or June, the, the times where things kind of peak for me a little bit. So I still, that. and then um, the, the community has a, uh, like a, a magazine that goes out, a little magazine. And I do that. I have um, inside front cover on that because that's um, all my advertising. I've picked things where I can focus on my demographic, which is about one to two miles from the gym. And there's like zero wasted advertising. So it, it's really cost effective and yeah, it, it's doing the job. Definitely. I'm so happy to hear that you've, you have found social media to be beneficial because I talk to gym owners all the time. And Sean, let me tell you, not everybody is utilizing social media right now. And like, here we are 2022, such a digital world. If we're not using it, we're kind of missing out. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, you mentioned that you have a couple ads running at once. Are you running paid advertisements or are you boosting posts? So I have part of my website. They, they run your Facebook for you. And they'll they'll do posts for each week. Um, I'm my I'm I don't do like social media stuff like for the gym like do a, a web page like with uh, videos and stuff like that. Um, I'm using it for advertising because if you ever do a Facebook advertising, you get this circle and you can shrink it to where you want it to be. So I I shrank that circle just to encompass like the development I'm in across the street, um, so that it'll only pop up for those people because I'm never going to draw from places that are five miles away from my gym. I'll get a straight here and there that will come in. That's out of my demo, like my, my, my area, but it could be because where they're at, there may not be anything. And they basically also have to drive by me to get there. Um, it's on their way from work. Um, or maybe uh, you got divorced parents and one of the parents lives here and they want to work out with their kid on the weekend. Um, something like that. I'm like, get somebody from me out of the area. But for the most part, most of my membership is probably within two or three miles of the gym. Gotcha. Gotcha. And, and so with those kind of ads that you're running where they're, the, they're super area targeted, um, what, how many leads would you say that that brings in for you on an average week? I, I sign up on an average. I'd say if I do about 10 memberships a month, that's good. I have some months where it really pops and I may do like 15. Um, but I usually get about 10 memberships a month. Solid. And that's about on par with uh, my growth since um, I took over. Um, about 100 memberships. A, I'm, I'm retaining, I'm probably retaining, I would say if I sign up 100 people, I'm probably keeping about 70% of them long-term. They renew again after a year or they're here longer than a year. Mm -hmm. So, which is kind of on par with the growth I've seen. Um, and I think I have a little bit higher retention because the gym's smaller and people develop more of a social or emotional connection to the gym um, because they form these social bonds. Because when they go, um, it's people that live in their neighborhood. Um, it's 
their their kids go to school together so they know them they're going to sporting events together to watch the kids play so it's a little tighter knit so i think i have a little bit higher retention rate than most gyms would say um but it's it's been going good yeah i'm i'm really happy to hear that you know the growth has been you know consistent um i think that that's very important now to kind of you know i like to talk about the good stuff here and the stuff that's working well but i also think that it's valuable for us to talk about the bottlenecks and the challenges so i think that that's relatable for other people that are kind of in your position so for you what would you consider to be the biggest business related bottleneck or challenge um and, and remember like business related we all have uh, everybody answers with the the answer well well covid was a big challenge and that was a challenge for all of us. So we can't use that one here. Uh, but, uh, you know, if you kind of look at the business right now, what what's that one thing that kind of keeps you awake at night that you're still trying to, you know, work on and figure out? Math. <laughs> okay. Um, so there, the gym shall remain nameless, but it's a large corporate gym. It's a little over six miles away from me. It's probably the closest thing I have to really competition. A lot of people will compare you to them. Um, and most people that come to my gym um, don't have a, like, they'll be, yeah, 30 bucks a month worth of something. I'll pay it. It's fine. I like it. It's, I'm two minutes from my house. I, um, I, I can, by the time I get here and work out and get home, it's the same amount of time I would spend driving to the other place. Um, but it just, I find it mind boggling um, that people will kind of say, oh, well, you're $10 more than this place. Why aren't you this? Or why aren't you that? And I actually had a lady call me and she's like, she's like, she was telling me she's looking at her dentist. I said, well, look at it this way. I said, you live here, right? I said, if you drive there, okay. Now, I did. I I, I map quested this. It's over six miles one way. So you're talking over twelve miles round trip, okay, from where my gym's at. Twelve miles, okay. Let's say you work out four times a week. Never mind the time you're going to spend traveling because it goes along a major highway. You have to get onto, sit in traffic if it's the wrong time of day, and use a jug handle to come back. So it would cost you about $20 a month in gas if you worked out four or five times a week. All right. And that's what, that's what moderate gas miles, maybe 20 miles a gallon. If right. you drove some big truck, you know, it could be even worse. Um, but you're talking about $20 a month in gas to go to the gym. So for $20 more or $10 more, you can go here, do the same stuff. and She's freaking out on me. Don't give me that. It's a mile away. <laughs> and just some people don't get the math. They mm -hmm. would, they, you try and explain to them. And I'm like, you can do the same things. You can drive here. You can walk or ride your bike here when the weather's nice. You can't do that. You got to drive. Um, and you just get this handful of people that don't see that. They can't put one and one together and get two. Well, that's, that's the hard, that's the really hard thing is like most people don't understand the value in fitness. They see a membership that's $10 and like they would drive out of their way to get that $10 a month membership, but are they going to receive the same level of service at that 10 month 
$10 per month membership that they are at your facility where it's a little bit more. Um, do you think that there is a way for you to help potential clients see that value, to help them see that perceived value that, that you have in, in your facility compared to these other competitions? Because we all deal with this, you know, if we're a smaller studio, I, I run into the same thing and like I'm CrossFit and that's completely different than an open membership gym. Right. But people will say, well, I can go to the fitness place down the road for $24 a month. And I'm like, okay, well, that's not the same thing. And yeah. I would like to differ. I, I would say that your facility is not the same as the big box gym either. So how do you get people to see that value in you over your competition? I, I think the only thing I can do, I explain it to them. They either get it or they don't get it. Some people say, oh, yeah, you know what? You're right. I'd be like, what? Well, I, I'm going to still check it out. I'm like, okay. But I give them the information. They do what they want with it. Um, a lot of people, they see it right off the bat. It's why they come here. They're like, dude, I live right here. And I'm mm -hmm. like, it makes so much sense for me just to come here. So I have those people too that you don't have to explain to them. They came, that's why they came here in the first place. It's like, it's right here. It's like, I can ride my bike here. I can walk here. Mm -hmm. You know? Um, it takes me about two and a half minutes to get here. So, right. yeah. do you think that, Do you think that it would ever be possible within your business model to add services or products that increase the value so that it isn't more of a no-brainer? People can come to you 100%. They're going to reach their goals because you have X, Y, and Z available. Like, has that, has that ever been an idea that crossed your mind? So... Not with my current business model because it's semi unstaffed, mm -hmm. and um, I guess you know I'm I'm technically the only employee here. Like I'm the only one on payroll. It's just me. Um, I don't have a cleaning staff and I'm a personal training staff. It's just me. I basically got to do all the stuff around here. When I start talking about adding services, that means you're increasing your costs, and the gym's not going to be able to absorb that cost. Like if I wanted to do like say, let's say free body fat testing. Okay. Well, now somebody has got to do it. So it's obviously got to be me, but now it's not going to be all the time. So it's something I tried actually in the past and very few people did it. Um, most people don't want to know. <laughs> They're like, no, no, I don't want to step on the scale. Um, so I've tried some things and they haven't worked. Um, if I want to do um, some people say, Oh, you should get like, a juice bar in here. I'm like, okay. Juice bars, so, don't, juice bars don't make money. Don't do it. <laughs> no, I was like, so I'm like, okay, so where are we going to put it? You go right there. I go, okay, there's no outlet. I go, there's no plumbing. I go, now I'm handling food. So now I got the health department and do an inspection. And now who's going to run it? So I tell them, I tell them it's, you're not going to make money here. You're not catering to enough people for that service. Um, if you had a gym with, you know, 15,000 members and you had a juice bar, where you're making protein shakes and stuff like that. Okay. You might make money on it. You might, cause you have enough people to cater to. I, I wouldn't make enough money off people. I just sit with the RTDs, you know, in the fridge, you got waters, body armors, protein shakes, pre-workouts, boom. Put the money in the jug, take the thing out. Um, that's what works. Um, so I just, I really careful about choosing to add amenities. Um, like I said, even classes is an amenity. I can't even do it anymore. Um, I would lose too much money up front with the labor trying to build them up that it could literally put me out of business. I mean, I, I would lose, I could lose $2,000 a month trying to build up a, you know, a class schedule. 
Yeah, I understand that. I, I understand what you're saying there. And, you know, little changes in the business like that, if we're not smart about them, they're going to cost us a bunch of labor and we're not going to make like what we need to make it survive. Um, and I actually has to be a, retain, a return on it too, a viable yeah. return, not just like, oh, cool. I, I made $10 this month off of classes. Right. When that space could be more valuable to members. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I understand. Yeah. Um, I understand what you're saying. And at the same time, I also kind of understand, you know, the other side, right. Um, for, for our clients, like for people to see the value, like we have to help them reach whatever goal it is that they have in mind. So typically the more value that we can provide to our clients, the better they're going to see their goals, the longer they're going to stay, the more they're going to tell their friends. And it's kind of like a cycle of growth for our business. And so, you kind of have to look at it as, okay, well, what can I do to increase that value? I think you have a great service already. Maybe, you know, we can get the personal trainers doing a little bit more. Maybe, you know, there's a bunch of little changes that you could maybe make if they'll work in your market. Um, But my next question to you, I like to ask this because I am a visionary. I'm a little bit of a dreamer, but you know, what would you, like if you had a magic wand, all your dreams, all your goals for your business had come true, what would that picture look like for you, Sean? New locker rooms, new floor. <laughs> um, you know, the gym's the gym's over twenty years old. Um, it opened in uh, two thousand. Um, it's taken a beating over the years. Um, it need it needs work. Unfortunately, those are big ticket items um, and not cheap ones. Um, you know, if I get to that three hundred member mark, I can start chipping away at it. If I get to three hundred fifty it could all be done in two or three years. Um, but it's, it's, it's expensive to think about, um, you know, just, just the floor alone to have somebody do it in the locker rooms. I'm looking at a hundred thousand dollars. So we, we kind of deal with what we have for now. Um, but you know, I can look at trying to do some of the stuff myself, save some money, but sometimes it's going to take a lot longer and, it kind of way like saving the money to doing it yourself and like, but it's a lot of work. I, I redid the floor in my rose room uh, myself with one of my friends. It took it wasn't too bad. It was a little over little over uh, eight hundred square feet, uh, but it took seventy two hours and three thousand dollars. So and that was just carpet, you know, new plywood because it's a raised floor, new plywood, new carpet. But that was three thousand dollars doing it by myself for a space, you know just under 900 square feet. Um, so you're talking about doing 3,500 square feet with equipment that has to be moved and putting down rubber. <laughs> it gives me nightmares, not dreams. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you think that it's a reality for you, for the gym to ever be in a position where yes, you can make all of these necessary improvements and put money back to the gym, but also to pay yourself, pay a staff, like, do you think that that's ever something that is in the cards for you and for, um, the business? Um, well, I probably would never do staff. I probably just keep the same business with the QS entry because I've automated a lot of things. People can sign up online. Um, and I'm here most of the time during the week and during the day. So, um, it's still, people still come in and sign up too. Um, but 
I think I'm I'm really looking at two or three years um, to really get to a point where start knocking that stuff at a significant rate. Um, right now, I can just do little things. Um, like last month, we bought a new deadlift platform. It's twelve hundred bucks, no big deal. Um, it's not talking about spending fifty grand on the floor. <laughs> right. So, um, so you replace some bars. Um, uh, trainers here love the uh the road bars the ohio bars so you know every other month replace a bar um you know little things along the way um but there's big ticket items probably two or three years uh with the growth i'm seeing now and i i'm able to save too as i go along so i have money put away like an emergency fund in case anything catastrophic happens um like i just i had to replace over the summer i had to replace a compressor on a one of my AC units. It was twenty nine hundred bucks. That wasn't expected. Didn't plan on. Um, luckily, I had the money for it because um, right. I kind of save for those times. So um, I, I, there's a lot of things I'd like to see change. Um, you know, physically with the gym in terms of its appearance and update things, but it's going to take some time. Yeah. No, I definitely kind of understand that, and. Um... In this industry is always um, it's always one that there are opportunities for opportunities for growth. Like people want to get healthy no matter where we're at in the world. So I'm excited to see you continue to be able to help people get to that 300, 350 kind of member mark and do your thing. Um, before we hop off of here, where can our listeners go if they're interested in learning more about what you have to offer at your facility? Um, you go to kingsgrandfitness.com and then there's a link on there to go to the Facebook page. Perfect. Thank you, Sean, for being here today, for sharing your insights on the industry. Had a lot of fun with you. Listeners, thanks for tuning in. Don't forget, guys, if you want to stay notified about future episodes, please hit like and subscribe. And if you want to join us for an episode here at the Gym Lords podcast, fill out the link in the description. Our team will be in touch with you soon. As always, until next time, Gym Lords out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I will be your host today. My name is JJ Hernandez, and joining us on the show today is a very special guest. It is the one and only Brian Kelly with the Street Gym franchise out of Arkansas. Brian, what is going on, man? How are you feeling today? Oh, feeling great. It's I, the weather couldn't be even more perfect in Northwest Arkansas at this time. And, uh, and we've opened up our third franchise and, uh, we're in, like I said, Northwest Arkansas. So the first one was in Bentonville. The second one was Springdale. And this third one is in the city called Rogers. It's just right next, right nearby. There so we go. And they're pretty big gyms. I mean, uh, yeah. J Street's like 24,000 square feet uh, in Rogers. The new one is like 17,000. Wow. Pretty decent. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. We're going to have a good conversation here. You got a big traditional gym here. I love to hear that. 
Yeah. And, uh, you know, Brian, I want to start with the basics here. You sure. know, uh, I appreciate you sharing the explanation here and on how you describe it. And I appreciate you sharing the, like what, who we're going to be speaking today and what we can expect. But I want to know how many members are you serving currently? If you want to use one gym, you can, if you want to use both or all three, definitely can. It's uh, totally up to you. Well, well, the Rogers gym, like I said, just opened and we're under a two week free trial. So uh, literally we haven't signed up a single person there. And actually yeah. what was kind of interesting is people have wanted to sign up and we told them why, you know, if you can work out for free, just save a little money and open up at the, you know, sign up when, when we, at, you know, on the 15th, you know, why yeah. pay money when it's for free right now. Right. Yeah. But, but the other gyms are like right in that like 1700 person range. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Good, Brian. Sorry. Oh, no, no, no. So it's a pretty big size gym and, and we're the kind that's not like, I would say, uh, some of the other franchises where they might charge $10, but maybe only get 18% of the people show up. We're yeah. more in that 65 to 70% range of people. Who wow. Pay. Yeah. So it's, it's, it, it's definitely that's big. It's pretty big, yeah. So in yeah. general, and w- which makes it kind of a little challenging too, because that means you got to add a lot more equipment, right? I mean, if you're hosting, no, that that is a hundred percent true, right? That is and a so lot. I and literally I... just ordered for this gym our fourth set of dumbbells, and I, you know, so I just ordered a Troy set that goes from five to one hundred and fifty. We have another set that goes up to one ninety five, and we have another set that goes up to uh, I think it's one thirty five. And then we just have another set that's just kind of like your basic smaller, like up to 50 pounds, you know, wow. but and we have a lot of squat racks and all that because it, in general, when you're servicing that many people, they want to come in and get a rack. You know what I mean? Yeah. They, they want, if they want the 45, they don't want to wait for somebody. We have to have no, four, right. Not at all. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, I'm kind of curious, Brian, I mean, like for the other gyms, at least the ones who are active with members, I mean, what's been the best method of getting people through the door? I mean, and interested to work to, to sign up essentially. Well, you know, I, I, it's kind of sad to say, but we don't hardly do any marketing. You know what I mean? It's, it's a, we're a little more of that old school style gym where there's chalk on the floor and, you know, and there's not a lot of those around anymore. You know, I hate to say it. I mean, not this many, yeah. you know, because on one side you had uh you know, the $10 uh, chains that gravitated that, you know, one way. Then the other side, you had your CrossFit gyms that charge a little bit more. And, but they don't require as much uh, equipment in the beginning. So for a gym owner to do this kind of a model, it's probably not too smart for many of them to do it because the entry fee is is expensive. You know, it it costs a lot of money to get four sets of dumbbells. You know, it costs a lot of money to get all those cables and squat racks. So, uh, but there is a void out there of people that enjoy those old school lifting gyms. And when we put them up, uh, we get members. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think you're investing in your members. And I think that's an important asset there for you guys. Yeah. And uh, now, I mean, I want to ask you this question too, Ryan. I mean, I know you said you're about that 1700 mark with, with the gyms over here, but I mean, Let's say, you know, if leads, traffic, clients, all these things are hypothetically unlimited. I mean, how much higher could you go than that 1700 mark? Well, it's a good question because it's, uh, you know, because we, the other thing is we don't upcharge for other things. Like we have tanning. Uh, We don't charge extra for it. 
we do have classes we don't charge extra for it and we're actually about to add daycare we don't charge extra for it you know wow. we just it's, it's just all included and partly it's because me and the two other owners of this gym we have other jobs you know what i mean i don't do this as my primary job this is i work for a corporation and this is more of a side gig so mm -hmm. i and, and so you operate a little bit differently when this isn't like your your, your livelihood where your money comes from right so yeah. that way you know we're a little more of a value in that sense just because uh we're not living off of this gym does that yeah. make yeah yeah totally brian and i appreciate the transparency there i think it makes a lot of sense as to why you are taking that approach now and, and that you can kind of go yeah, and what I've been okay. finding to do, instead of necessarily growing the memberships of this other gym, we're just adding more. Does that make sense? Exactly. You yeah, because yeah, it, it brings more people. Yeah, it's true. It's yeah. true. And, and I probably could make a lot more revenue if I charge for some of those other features. And the, the, a part of the other reason why we don't is just what I explained is because I have another job. I don't really have the time. Does that make sense? Yeah, so yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I don't have the time to say, okay, you're paying for tanning and you're paying for childcare. And it's, it's a little easier just to throw it all in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know a hundred percent. I understand that. Yeah. And I mean, let me ask, do you guys offer PT as well? Uh, well, the way we do the, the, the training is there's a personal training uh, fee. Like you pay a one-time fee in a month. And then outside of that, that's you, you keep. And surprisingly, Oh, gotcha. And, and surprisingly, the money that we get from that, we use it to pay cleaners. You know what I mean? I actually hire a cleaning, you know, you know, a cleaning crew to come in with that money just to help clean the gym, make it better. Yeah, which a lot of space, a lot of space kind of need that. And then, then, and, then uh, the way I look at it, the personal trainers now are helping me bring members in. You know, yeah. yeah. So it's a win for all of us. You know, like they they pay us just a nominal fee. And in return, the money we get from them, we do help market them, and then we help clean the gym, and then they bring in members. So it it just helps both of us. Yeah, and it's and a I, cycle. I want them to make money. I mean, if they're yeah. making money, I'm making money. So we're both happy. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Yeah. I, so it is a win-win situation. Yeah. And uh, I guess another question here is: I mean, it's a lot of people. I mean, how do you manage those metrics of tracking and knowing where someone is in their fitness journey in terms of how long they've been with you, if looking to cancel? How do you understand where those things stand? That I, I wish I could say that we do a better job at that, just to be honest. You know what I mean? It's, uh, I, th there are, like every gym, you probably see your core people that come. Like if I come at 11 a.m., it's almost always the same people. If I come at 2 p.m., yeah. It's about the same people, right? So it depends on the time of day and we're 24 seven. So like we literally never close. We have an app that if you wanna come here and work out Christmas Eve, you know, it's, it's open, right? So we wow. just literally never shut down. So yeah, although we have that many members, we're around the clock, you know, but now yeah. we, don't, we don't staff it 24 seven. We only staff it from like eight to eight. And part of it is, gotcha. for, uh, you know, I hate to say the minimum wage is a little higher. So it's a little too expensive to do some of that, right? Yeah, yeah, you know? of course, of course. Right. And so I've got two more questions for you, Brian, and my two favorite questions, which is, what's the bigger picture? I mean, I know you opened a new gym and you have a new location, but what are you trying to accomplish long-term? Uh, you know, it, it's interesting because I'd probably want to have gyms all through Northwest Arkansas. You know, it, you know, I, I, again, this, 
I hate to say for me for long term, you know, with my age, that there will come a day I want to maybe be done with the corporate life. You know what I mean? <laughs> and yeah. then focus on this and just it's for me a little more of a fun hobby. You know what I mean? Where, and, and it's a hobby that can pay some money and help me through my retirement. Right. I love that. Yeah, I love that. I appreciate the transparency. Seriously, and, it, and I'm the kind too that, um, you know, I believe you want to make a little money, but you don't want to be greedy. Does that make sense? So, no, I agree. Yeah, you know, so yeah, we want to make we we don't want to lose money. We want to make a little money, but at the same time, I don't need that palace somewhere off. You know, I so I'd rather keep the prices pretty nominal. Uh, I don't need to nickel and dime of my customers and they'll be happy for that and appreciative and in return hopefully they keep coming to my gym yeah yeah i agree i agree and i have one more for you here my favorite question yeah which is if you could go back in time here right to when you first started the gym and set yourself down with the knowledge you have now and give yourself that one piece of advice you think you really needed to hear when you first started yeah what would that advice be for you uh a couple of the, there's actually a couple of things because we we went down some avenues of some space that we had we had a lot of space so we tried things like MMA fights and things along that line um, they were they were popular but we ended up we just didn't make money right we didn't end up losing on a lot of those ventures and surprisingly we would partner with a lot of people and it almost never worked for us. Does that make sense? Because yeah. I hate to use the expression, everybody has a beautiful baby, but not every baby is beautiful, right? And I hate to say it that way, but a lot of people will approach us and they have this beautiful business plan and model that they totally believe in. And in almost every case, it didn't work out for us. You know, so we would partner with these different wrestling groups, MMA groups, uh, you know, you, you name it, They it was different whether it was a trainer, different had different programs. Um, they believed in themselves really well. We bought into it. In most cases, it, uh, the, it, the project didn't work as well as they thought it would. And I, what my, my advice would have been to myself is just focus on your core business and what you do very well. And what we do well is the gym. So I would say stop all the other kind of stuff and just focus on the gym. So for all that money we spent, we could have brought more equipment. We could have bought more stuff that our member, our core members enjoy and love. And we could have had even a better gym earlier on, right? Instead, we focused a lot on things that weren't who we are and we didn't do those things very well. And in most cases lost money, you know? So that I would have just said, you know, like our thing, like I said, we do a great gym and that's what we should have just focused on. Right. That was a mic drop of an answer there, Brian. I'll tell you that. Look, it's yeah. a good place to wrap things up on this episode. But before we sign out, if you yeah. have any social media, Facebook website, please let the people know where can they find out more about you and the facility? Yeah, well, you know, we we are. If you look us up on, on Instagram, it's like, you know, we are the J Street Gym. And we have Elm Street Gym and Iron Street Gym. And I think on a lot of those have NWA behind it. So, uh, yeah, definitely look us up. And, uh, and if you're ever in Northwest Arkansas, you got to come check out this gym. We have a lot of equipment. You just don't see it too many other places. So we spend on the bars, we spend on the, on the equipment. And trust me, I, I put us up against just about any gym in this country. And as far as what we have for our users to use, and we put it all out there 
for people to use. It's, I love it. it. It's not locked up. It's out on the floor. Right? That's it. That is it, man. I love it, Brian. Look, I absolutely appreciate your time and contribution to the podcast, and I look forward to seeing what you can accomplish down the road. If you don't mind sticking around for one more second here, Brian, I just want to let you know how you can get the podcast. I'd really appreciate it. Okay. I'm just going to go ahead and sign everybody else out over here, okay? Okay, thank you. Awesome. And to everybody else who tuned in today, we appreciate you as well. Don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit the like and subscribe button. And if you want to come in, join us and talk about your fitness business, click the link in the description, fill it out, and our team will be in touch with you very, very soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more, or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Jim Lawrence Podcast. I will be your host today. My name is Joe Fitzgerald. And joining us, we have Brittany and RT of Forever Fit coming to you from Comac, Long Island, New York. What's going on, guys? How are you today? Yeah, pretty good. Doing pretty great. good. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Glad to I'm excited to, to have you guys here. I'm excited. It's rare that I get the chance to interview other New York gym owners. So I'm excited to pick your brain here uh, and see kind of what your experience has been as an entrepreneur. Before we dive into the strategy and the tactics and all that you guys do to grow this thing, take us back a little bit. I think context is important. I think people listening are always interested in origin stories, if you will. How did the two of you become involved with Forever Fit? What brought you here in the first place? Yeah, sure. I guess it depends how far back we want to go. But uh, I mean, I'll just, you know, I, yeah. I'll just quickly go back and speak a little bit about um, just like a previous job. So I was I worked at a group home. I came out of college, psychology major, wanted to be a therapist. And I got a job at a group home. Really, really loved it, actually. It, it was tough work, but it was something that I was passionate about. I was passionate about helping people and especially people who, I don't know, were kind of down and out or kind of like the, you know, people you wouldn't bet on. And, you know, working with kids in a group home was very difficult and taxing, tiring. Um, and at the end of the day, even though it was rewarding, I think there was always that thing that was missing where, you know, you put a lot of work into these kids and do they end up going to school and doing the right thing? Well, that's up to them at the end of the day. And you, I didn't really have control over the overall impact that I could have. And, you know, I kind of reached this, you know, a point of just, Hey, I got to I got to want to do something that I really love to do, but I'm also going to kind of get something out of in terms of results. And I want to see my work being, 
you know, I want to see the fruits of my labor being, uh, you know, completed in some way. So um, really just dove into the personal training gym industry. And I mean, being a trainer for seven years now, I think that's really obviously led me the experience of what the gym industry has to offer. But also coming from a perspective of mental health, I think gave me a different perspective when it comes to helping someone, even if that is in the gym, when it's something so physical, um, you know, the importance of the emotional aspects, the mental aspects, and really being there for someone else. And I really flourished as a one-on-one trainer because of the connection. Yeah. The, the, the connection you make is, is, is more important than the actual programming or the actual exercise that you're doing. And over many years, I, you know, I developed a certain way of doing things, a, a certain way of talking with people and programming, but keeping in mind the importance of this emotional mental component. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of what led me to be one, a successful trainer in the current space that we are in now, um, but also led us to try to think about, all right, is there a, a little bit different of a way to approach fitness that includes this mental emotional component and makes that kind of a, a more important facet of, of your training and of your progress and of your health. So um, I guess that's kind of where my background is when it comes to actual like, you know, education, sure. but also just like kind of who I am as a person and, and how that developed into the trainer that I am and now the owner that, that I am. So that's yeah. kind of, I guess. The, so, yeah. So a, a classic tale, I became a personal trainer had some success with it right maintained clients and flourished natural step to become further in your career is at a certain point an ownership role right classic battle of personal trainers forever has been i can take on a certain amount of clients and and i kind of hit a ceiling time-wise at a given point to maintain or to even further that level of influence now we've stepped into an ownership role Brittany, what about you how did we get here yeah, so actually, it's funny. Um, I also w- had a psychology background. Um, difference between me is my I job, I have different jobs. <laughs> I was working with adults with disabilities and worked at a bank. And then more recently, I was working as a, um, a marketing director at a real estate agency. Um, and that really kind of allowed me to uh, tap into my entrepreneurial spirit that I've always had, um, mm. along with uh, balancing my love for creativity and working with people. And um, so I was on the other end of um, RT's journey, just watching him uh, grow in the gym. And I also had a love for wellness and um, not only just physical wellness, but mainly mental health sure. and emotional wellness and so actually forever fit method before it became a gym it was actually a nutrition uh coaching company so we did have that um but we loved the idea of and i love the idea of a 360 approach um and learning how to kind of use my business uh I guess you could say lessons and and things that I've learned to help him boost his, uh, you know, um, his reach and things like that. So I was really in love with the back end of of the whole business and entrepreneurial part. And that's that's kind of like where I came in. Yeah, I think 
a lot of gym owners struggle with the back end of this. So the one, two punch combination of you guys, I'm sure is a powerful resource to have as you guys take over this business. Now that we are owners, tell me a little bit about forever fit method. You mentioned that it started as exclusively a nutrition coaching company, but what do we have now? If I walk through your doors, what are people signing up for? Yeah. So, yeah. So right now, yeah. So yes, it started a nutrition company within the gym itself. Um, now that we rebranded it, it is more our baby and it's, it's right up our alley with this 360 approach. But if you, you step into the gym, um, so we are, let's say, a, you know, a functional fitness strength kind of dominated gym facility. We're about 4,200 square feet, uh, in Comac and we have personal training. So that's one-on-one training and we have small group training. So we tap our classes at around 10, 10 people at, in a, at, at a time. Um, and right now those are our two big offerings. We do have our nutrition coaching that is kind of, kind of building up a little bit um, just because it, it's got to kind of include it. You know, it's a new inclusion to the gym atmosphere, whereas it just was nutrition by itself kind of worked alone. Um, so that's something where we're building into the into the business into an everyday kind of uh, you know upsell or marketing opportunity. Yep. Um, but yeah, those are those are really our main offerings with the one. Is it pretty much 50-50 between the the PT and the group? So we we I would say we're actually predominantly more of a one on one facility. Yeah. So oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. So we're in terms of just revenue split, we're probably in the range of. 65 70% one on one and then you know 20 35 30% group so yeah, uh, yeah. Brittany, pull us in on on kind of the marketing shift since you guys have taken over i think fitness and, and real estate probably differs a little bit but i think principles probably stay the same so what's been working for you guys at the gym at least to bring in new leads what do we how do we get people in the door in the first place yeah, so um, it's funny you say that thing about real estate. Um, it actually, believe it or not, there are so many overlaps, um, mm. specifically because you know, just like an agent, when you're when a trainer is working with a client, they have to ha- build that relationship with that um, that client so that they can uh, continue working with them for years and years to come, um, and that's one of the things that. I feel was a really helpful thing to come in with is that that mindset of this is the client. It has to be client centric, the, the marketing. Um, so not necessarily like focusing on, um, what, why we're so great, even though I do believe we're a great gym. (laughs) Um, it's really finding opportunities to highlight our clients. Um, so one of the things that we do in social media is on, on every, on every Friday, we highlight whenever a client has a PR. So we will take videos, the trainers, um, will take videos of clients, hitting their PRs. And then on Fridays, we use that as a social media post to highlight and say, Hey, great job, Jim, on reaching that PR of uh, benching, you know, 10 reps of whatever amount of pounds. And then what we find is that our community will hop right into the comments and cheer each other on. So we're getting that great um, uh, awareness in social media, but we're also bragging on our people. 
Yeah, it's it's word of mouth in 2022 is social media, right? Those things are, are not exclusive in any sense. It's so easy to tag somebody. It's so easy to like a post, share, comment, tag, whatever it is. It sounds like you guys have at least somewhat of a content calendar put together. The social media aspect of this, is it entirely organic for you guys or have you put money into advertising on these platforms? Yeah. All organic. Yeah, no, no money into ads yet. I, I think it's a matter of us knowing exactly what that message has to be and where that call to action is going to lead them. And, and we have ideas about it, but yeah, no money yet. Cause I, we still haven't even, you know, we really haven't even, um, you know, uh, sowed our own, uh, fruits of, uh, our own clientele yet. I mean, there's still clients that we, you know, know that they have a spouse that isn't in the gym, but they spoke about it before and maybe they'll be interested and maybe they have a friend. So the, I mean, the word of the word of mouth, but referral and make it, you know, we're kind of making an active process to ask for these referrals. Um, and that's really where we're finding the best clients, but also, I mean, that's the easiest way I feel for us, the way that we've been doing it. So yeah, no. Pain, sure. But- I think everybody that, that listens to this podcast would agree with you for the most yeah. part. Like we'll take, we'll take those types of leads all day long yeah, right? yeah. The, the downside i mean we don't have a ton of control right we might get 10 15 20 referrals one month we may get one or two or even go dry yeah. and so i i don't think that it needs to be one or the other but it's kind of the the chicken or the egg conversation do we wait until we have a certain amount of clients and revenue before we put money into marketing or do we put money into marketing so we can get to a certain amount of clients in revenue i don't think there's one tried and true answer. And I think for a small business like this, we need to be really cognizant of where our dollars are going, right? We, we're not, this isn't Coke, this isn't Apple. We don't have tens of millions of dollars to throw at whatever willy-nilly awareness campaign, right? Any money we spend, we need to come back in, in revenue. And so I get it, it can be scary. Do you guys think that you will at a certain point, you said not yet. Do you think that you will at a certain point put money into something like that? Uh, yeah, I think I think that's, yeah, definitely is, is the trajectory that we would have to go. I mean, you know, I know we want multiple channels of, of lead generation. Yeah, sure, and, sure. So that would definitely, you know, definitely be one of them. But sure. I would, I kind of add on to that, that we are very intentional with what type of lead. So um, while the, the idea of adding putting money into uh, these systems are great. We lean towards ways that would get us a more of a warm lead so that, you know, we can kind of utilize our community in bringing these people in. Yeah. A lot of the people that I talk to who have attempted to put money into marketing, especially in fitness, attempted to put money into marketing and failed, or at least didn't do as well as they anticipated that they would, it happened because of this kind of shotgun approach. We'll take anybody and everybody that clicks on this ad and it never works out that way. I think I've said it a million times on this podcast, good marketing should turn people away who don't belong just as much as it does pull people in who do belong. You guys, it doesn't make sense for you to have 10,000 members, right? It's not even realistic. Right. We need to find a pocket of people who really, really care about what we do, right? targeting that can be a challenge, right? Especially if we don't know the inner workings of, of Facebook ads or Instagram ads or YouTube ads or whatever the platform is, you know? 
Mm-hmm. And so I, I agree with you 100%. Let's take an, a, a step in the next direction. Uh, take me through, somebody reaches out, we've got a lead. Walk me through what a typical sales process is like. Who reaches out? Who are they talking to? What happens from that moment until they eventually sign up as a member? Yeah. So, yeah, what winds up happening is... Um, we actually do get a good amount of leads through uh, two two different avenues. One being the website. Uh, we have some good reviews on Google, so that really helps us out. Um, so somebody will inquire on our website and sign up for a goal call. Um, and that's what we're using right now. Basically, they talk with me. I help clarify what their goal is. Um, whether that be losing weight, gaining strength, or just a lifestyle uh, change. And then after that, I pretty much give them an idea of what habit they may want to consider introducing into their routine and book them for a a meeting with one of our trainers to have an Mm -hmm. assessment. Um, After that, they have their assessment and they have the the services and, and you know, pick and choose what it is that works best for them, whether that be personal training, maybe a mix of personal training and coaching of group classes. Um, and then they take it from there. Uh, so that's kind of like the front, front end. Sure. And is it you, Brittany, that handles the majority of these kind of initial consults? Yes. The initial consults, that's me. Yeah. Do you, I don't, I don't have a good way to, to ask this question. Do you guys measure success of those do we have like a conversion percentage or or how are we determining the efficacy of that Mm -hmm. yeah i mean we're you know i would say since we launched we're still like setting those numbers in terms of like set rates show rates close rates um you know i think you know just like when we talk about like qualified leads you know some people will book their you know they'll book a call with her with bread and talk to her and not show up right not answer not come um, so that, that in itself probably has, I would say 50% is probably one, you yeah. know, one out of two is going to show up, uh, to their assessment. And then from there right now, which this will be something that potentially will change in the future, but right now our trainer is running the assessment and then they're responsible for that sale. They're going to, they're going to close that. Aha. That's, yeah. uh, I so guess you. And sale and trainers are typically lackluster salespeople at yeah. best. Yeah. Okay. Right. So that that's where we've we've run into some issues where we get them in, they come to the assessment, they show up, they I go see. through the process, and then they say, "Oh, I got to go talk to my husband about this." And then mm-hmm. they they never show up, and they don't they ghost us. They don't respond. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it makes sense, right? Trainers are trainers. They care about the fitness side of it. It wouldn't make sense for them to be good salespeople because they just don't have the reps. You know what I mean? Like they don't have the practice. And cha- training for that can be a, a, an uphill battle, right? It's it's a it's a tough situation to figure out. And so, do we bring on dedicated sales staff? Do we route everything through the two of you guys? Do we dig our heels in and, and work with our trainers to become better salespeople? Again, I don't think there's there's one right answer. But as you guys kind of get your bearings a little bit, it'll be interesting to see how that pans out look forward with me a little bit. It's, it's been a, a short time that you guys have had the reins on this business, but big picture this with me. What do you see 
as the future of, of forever fit? Where do you see this thing going a year from now, three years from now, five years from now, beyond? Yeah, I mean, I think our, you know, we, we definitely have, I would say a year to two year goal of, I mean, just in terms of membership, we want to, we want to get to 150 members. That's our goal. Um, right now, we're probably about, we just signed on, say, four or five clients over the past four or five days. So we actually pretty, pretty good over the past few days. But we're, that brings us to about 83, 84 people, uh, active members. So I would say long term, though, is to build that to 150. Um, our average revenue per member is somewhere along it's it's around 230 right now so i want to bring that up also um probably around 260 or so with more pt options and such and we have more trainers now so yeah i mean i think in terms of just membership and revenue that's probably our that's a that's a rough goal in terms of a year or two from now but i think big term you know and i'm sure Britt, you'll you're always bigger uh, bigger picture than me but i would say um, big pictures is probably the the all this all inclusive approach that we really but we really want to elicit and we want to make it feel as though it's not just about the exercise. I mean, the nutrition part obviously is the next in line to make it a major point of of help here of of things that we could help people with. But there's you know we want to we want to include other attributes of you know, uh, time management skills and planning skills, you know, whether that be with your exercise or with your nutrition or even with their stress management. I think that's where Britt really comes into play with her background. She has a lot of, you know, skills in terms of uh, planning, meditation, stress relief, self-care, all these aspects that are important and we know are important. And we see it as, all right, why don't we teach and, and coach people on these things? Because, it, it's all, it all intertwines with your physical health and it all intertwines with, all right, how good do you feel when you come in on a Monday morning after a weekend of binge eating and drinking? Like, is that your best, are we putting your best foot forward and can we help you more and improve you faster with these other, you know, services that, you know, yeah. will be, you know, bigger picture and longer term kind of things. Yeah. And, and I think you hit the nail on the head earlier with the, revenue per member there's been a super interesting dynamic shift in our industry pre-pandemic and post-pandemic pre-pandemic it was how many bodies can we shove through the doors how high can we climb that membership account how many people can we pack in a class a lot of people have gone the route that you're going now maybe we don't need a million members but we can we can serve the people that we have in a number of ways we can bolt on other programs and services and make each member that much more valuable to the business, we can still drive some impressive revenue numbers, but with a much smaller audience. And it's probably a lot less headaches for you guys as the business owners, which is a, a really unaddressed part of this as well. So I couldn't agree more. Now, here's the fun question. Expand this out probably for you, Brittany. You said he's, you're the big picture one here. Mm-hmm. We fill out, we've got a pump in facility as many clients as we can handle coaches are all full. Everybody's making money and happy. What comes next? What's, what's beyond that? Oh, yeah, this is my, I love these questions. (laughs) So, um, you know, we really would love the idea of taking it a step further and doing things like um, helping mentor, helping to mentor 
our coaches and even other coaches on how they can step into um, taking ownership of their their finances, their career, um, maybe teaching them how to, especially couple, cu- people who are couples who want to be business owners in this field. Like we would love to um, help them learn how we did it. Um, and also we have this, this like kind of dream of running retreats. Um, so having retreats where we can have almost like an intensive uh, and a weekend go off into the woods, into the mountains and give people the taste of what a really, really great, um, uh, I guess, healthy life could feel like on a day to day. So that's kind of like a little bit, a little taste of our, our future. Plenty. That, that is the fun question because there's any, there's there any number of ways that you could take it. And for you guys, that's, that comes in that form. We're running a bit shy on time here. And unfortunately, I think there's probably a million things that we didn't get to talk about. But for now, why don't you tell people listening where they could learn a little bit more about Forever Fit Method? Is there a website? What's the best social media? Where can people find you guys? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, foreverfitmethod.com, our website. Uh, if any gym owners have questions about anything we talked about, um, could always send us an email at info at foreverfitmethod.com. And then the social is just at Forever Fit Method. So kind of across the board, pretty uh, pretty simple in, in, in reaching and finding us. Straightforward uh, branding, right? We yeah, love that here. Yeah, Guys, yeah. this has been a bunch of fun. I, I really appreciate entrepreneurs when they're willing to explore both sides of the success coin, right? What's working and, and what are we still trying to overcome? I can't thank you enough for your willingness to share. I'm excited to see what the future holds for you because it sounds like there's a number of moving parts here. So we'll have to invite you back on again down the road. Mm-hmm. For now, we're out of time. So guys, thank you. I wish you nothing but the best. Uh, thanks so much, Joe. Thank you. Absolutely. To everyone who tuned in today, thank you as well. Don't forget, if you'd like to be notified about future episodes, like and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your fitness business model, click the link in the description, fill it out. Our team will be in touch with you soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.